0: This is The Crucible, the JRTC experience.
1: This is Conversations with the Enemy. In this series, we discuss Op 4 warfighting skills and lessons learned
0: in a decisive action training environment for large-scale combat operations at JRTC. Hi, I'm Colonel Matt Hardman, the commander of operations group here at the Joint Readiness Training Center. And today, uh, we've got Geronimo Two with us. Uh, Captain Ben uh, Branauer, and so I'd ask you to introduce yourself and and tell
2: us about you. Yes, sir. Yeah, so my name is Captain Ben Branauer. I am a Toronto-02, as Colonel Hardman mentioned. Uh, I'm from Northern Virginia, went to school at James Madison University, graduated, went to OCS, uh, was branch detail, so went to F.A. Bullock, did my fires time in 173rd. I uh, went to MICC. Mighty Sky Soldier. Mighty Sky Soldier. Yeah, okay. Love it. Um, and then I went on to MICCC, came here, my first military intelligence assignment, Geronimo. So it's a pretty, pretty special assignment, pretty lucky to be here.
0: Okay. And so how long have you been here? About uh,
2: come on, two years. Okay. So, and you've been Geronimo
0: too, the whole time? Yes, sir. Okay. And so you, you've probably seen and learned a lot. Um, so um, upfront, you know, it's an uncomfortable question right? And it's just us and the internet. Why do you cheat?
2: Uh, first, we do not cheat. Uh, we're professionals. Uh, it takes a lot of effort to cheat. And you know, we're focused on winning. We're focused on training the brigade combat team, training the division. Uh, ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, I think uh, if we needed to cheat, you know, we wouldn't be Geronimo. So. Okay. So second question, follow up. How do you cheat?
0: <laughs> a harder question. No, uh, we don't even need to. We okay. do do it. All right. So you don't cheat. And so how much hate mail do you get? Do you get a lot of hate mail? Is there, you know, is there a website out there devoted to tearing apart your personal
2: life and bashing you for being Geronimo too? Believe it or not, no, sir. I get a lot of like good feedback. Intelligence AAR is a lot of good questions. Um, No hate mail yet, sir.
0: No hate mail yet. All right. Awesome. And so, um, and there is something in there. You guys uh, do participate, Geronimo participates in the leader training program. Uh, and you know, if you're out there, reach out to Geronimo. Uh, they're here to help you get better. And so reach out to Geronimo too, and he's happy to help you uh, get better. Um, so you've been doing this for two years. What have you learned about fighting uh,
2: U.S. infantry brigades? I've learned that fighting is hard. Fighting takes a lot of prep. Um, it's really easy to- You
0: can't just show up and do it. You can't just show up and do it. Okay. Um, like I, mean, I guess you can it. once.
2: Right. You can do anything once. You can do anything anything once. once, Okay. Um, yeah. So it takes a lot of planning and prep, a lot of understanding and a lot of trust in your staff to, you know, to go through the processes, you know, trusting those systems to actually work for you. So you can't just say, go do an air assault and it's not just going to happen. Like you need, uh, you need to do the planning, you need the preparation, you need that reconnaissance to make sure that there's not T90s on the drop zone or the LZ, a lot that goes into it. So it's not easy and it's, It is easy to look at it uh, as an S2 guy and say, oh, they're doing this poorly. They're not, you know, following their own doctrine, not realizing that, you know, they haven't slept, they haven't eaten, um, they're getting rained on. Uh, All of those things are really, you know, making all of these things really hard to do. So uh, there's a lot more that goes into it that...
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that we call this place like, you know, the Friction Factory. Yeah. Right? Okay. And so, okay, so the first thing that you've learned is like, Wow, this does hard. Yeah, right. And a lot of plan, prepare. Uh, You know, what what have you learned about how? What you know over the last two years, how have you seen us
2: change? What have you seen from brigades that's changed that stood out? Uh, I'm starting to see uh, dispersions getting a lot better. I think that especially you know brigade main command posts, battalion main command posts are starting to uh, conceal themselves better. They're starting to have smaller footprints, um, not parking their STTs right next to their talks, making them easy to find. So they're making my job harder, which I'm happy about. I'm I'm, I'm happy that they're going to be survivable.
0: Okay. What else have you learned or observed uh, from brigades? Uh, You came from a fire's background now too. What has stood out to you um, as a anything kind of common trend?
2: Um, when a brigade masses their fires, just from a fire standpoint, when they mass their fires, like it devastates us. When they integrate that with their maneuver, like we know we either have to retrograde or die. And so when the brigade combat team actually does that combined arms maneuver, they, they, they kick butt. Uh, it is just hard to do, as we mentioned before. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot A lot of, of warfighting functions have to come
0: uh, together. Uh, to do that. Anything, um, you know, without naming units, like what's the one, you know, a couple examples of of where Geronimo's been given a really hard time that that have stood out to you? Uh, Obviously, the ability to mass fires, but what else?
2: Uh, Very recently, brigade combat team, they stayed off the roads and they made my job as the chief of reconnaissance extremely hard. Uh, It's extremely hard to confirm you know, coas enemy coas, um, so they moved almost entirely through the woods, and you know, most often, I know where just about every single rifle company is, every single cab troop. Uh, when I was briefing the enemy, you know, what what they were doing, what the current uh, threat coa was, I was like, I, I think there's an infantry battalion here. I'm pretty sure there's an infantry battalion here. I know there's an infantry battalion here. It was the most, it's the least I've ever known, and it was because they, you know, maintained vertical concealment, horizontal concealment, and they don't you know, they said they were going to move through the woods and they did it and they yeah. made fighting them very hard
0: yeah and that rotation i mean that unit had really worked uh e- even their sustainment a lot more by rotor wing mm-hmm. a lot more by you know dismounted the last 500 meters or even atv so it's harder for you to follow the sustainment mm-hmm. to the trace of the
2: companies and, and how do you mass on you know a battalion that's moving through the woods it's it's not easy it's really not easy
0: yeah uh, and you know, for everybody out there, Geronimo, uh, I won't I won't broadcast what your manning is, but I can I can assure all of you it is well below one hundred percent. You replicate a brigade uh, tactical group. Yes, sir. All right. So it's not. Uh, it is hard to mass. Uh, you got to make real choices when when we're massing uh, the BTG. Okay. Uh, w- what else have you, you know? What else are you seeing from rotational units that sort of stand out as as things that are um, that impede their ability to be successful?
2: I think that uh, information collection is probably not given uh, the level of importance that it needs. Uh, Most S2s are making it up as they go. They're doing their best to guess what the enemy's doing, and and maybe they're 30% correct. And that collection plan should get you up to at least 80%. Uh, And they're over-relying on collection at echelons above brigade, so they're, they're, hey, what's my... My J stars, what are they, what are they telling me? what is my Gray eagle telling me you know, uh, you know higher level SIGINT. And they're not using their organic collection assets to confirm or deny what the enemy's doing. Um, and they're not using you know mixing uh, redundancy at you know key points of friction to answer those questions, and uh, you know they end up yeah, having you know, people die because of it.
0: Yeah, I mean the 21st Airborne Division does a pretty good read pretty good job of giving the read to the brigades in the fight, uh, the, the brigade in live, but also the, the brigade that's fighting constructively. We get, the division gives a pretty good read, uh, uh, really down to about the battalion level, uh, and then some critical capabilities. And then there's sort of an expectation of recon handover that we're handing that to the brigade to, to answer the rest with organic capability. Mm-hmm. And you're, I think you're right. Like we have this tendency to over-rely on echelons above the brigade. Now, with the divisions, the principal tactic formation, I mean, the division has to do more mm-hmm. uh, of the collection and the reporting uh, to brigades, but brigades still own a part of that fight, particularly with the organic uh, collection capability. And we'll, we can talk a little bit more about that. Um, how do you build your collection plan?
2: Uh, so, you know, S two is the chief of reconnaissance in uh, offboard doctrine. So, we're, uh, my, my S two cell, which is about you know, five six guys, uh, you know, and gals, and gals, and gals, uh, ladies, the, yeah. Um, yeah. soldiers,
0: yeah, great great soldiers, paratroopers, paratroopers, sure are yeah. better than regular soldiers because at
2: least they think they are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh No sir. So. Um, Yeah, so we're starting off just, you know, during IPB, you know, with our running estimates, what are our assets available? Once we get into co-dev, we're really developing that initial collection plan, uh, the concept. And then once we get into Wargaming, it's actually, you know, breaking down by hour, what are all of our assets capable of doing and what are they going to do? And then coming out of Wargaming, we've identified our PIRs um, and we've started to align assets against, you know, how are we going to answer these questions for the commander? So... Uh, I'm very lucky as the S2, where, again, I'm, I'm at about 30% maybe with my sit temps. I have a whole lot of collection assets that are capable of getting that up to 80 and 100%. Um,
0: do you uh, do you use a modified combined obstacle overlay? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, hold on a minute. All right. So you've got two years here. You live here. You fight here every single month, and you use a modified combined obstacle overlay? Yes, sir.
2: Okay. Why? Uh, for one um, we have new soldiers that come all the time you know two we have you know we're augmented by you know by people outside of Geronimo uh, and it's really easy to assume that they know what lower order crossing five is and why it's key terrain it's really easy to think they understand oh yeah you can walk through there you can't walk through there Um but we have, you know, hundreds of soldiers who walk through it every rotation, you know, every month they are saying, okay, you know, they've, they've cut trees down here so we can actually move bimps through here. Um, so it's, it's constantly changing, so it's, it's not just a constant variable. Um, so in order to kind of maintain that institutional knowledge, we have a maku, we update it every rotation, and, you know, being able to update that, we update our key terrain, our avenues of approach, um, so it's it's not a constant variable like people think. You know they're building bypasses all right. the time. Oh, that's by by they you mean me? And, uh, <laughs> luckily, you know we're typically the first people to figure out that hey, I, I can I can bypass this little water crossing yeah. and I can I can get in deep. I'm okay. That.
0: All right. And then describe for me how you build an event temp.
2: Yes, sir. So uh, overlay both of our coas. Try to see okay, well, you know, how am I going to be able to tell the difference between the two. And then, based on my time phase lines, how are how am I going to confirm or deny what this enemy koa is? Um, so, then aligning all our collection assets to identify that, you know, building in redundancy into that plan, building in, you know, mixing between you know our ground assets, special reconnaissance, clandestine reconnaissance, aerial ISR with FMV. How are we going to tell the commander with you know at least an 80 solution, sir? This is what the enemy is doing, and this is you know how long it's going to take them until that you know, next critical.
0: Okay. And so talk describe for us what, um, you know, organically uh, you have uh, within the BTG sure. and then what assets uh, you can you can routinely get from the DTG. Yes, sir.
2: So uh, we always have our rifle companies. That's kind of my favorite thing. I think we do you know, better than a lot of the brigade combat teams that come through is we use just our organic assets. You know, I'm having conversations with Company commanders saying, "Hey, I need you to you know provide surveillance on this AI. Uh, we have a cab troop that's coming from the BTG. That um, you know, a lot of times they're establishing a screen. They're doing reconnaissance by force to answer questions pretty rapidly. Uh, we have tactical UAS, um, so our Orland Ten. Uh, we have you know shadow equivalents. Uh, we have small UAS, uh, both you know, DJIs, some, some custom built things that are pretty hard to jam, pretty hard to fight." Um, additionally coming from you know echelons above the BTG we have our human sources uh, and then we also have our special uh, so special purpose forces providing special reconnaissance for us. so
0: how, generally, how many special purpose force teams are available to support the BTG? Uh, two to three so okay
2: yeah. and, and what size are those? Uh, about four man teams. A okay. full-person team. So uh, we can expect that. And there's going to be two in their surf site and then maybe two in uh, MSS, you know, a few hundred meters back. So they can provide that continuous communication in, in the comms windows. All right. So they're probably, you know, if you're jumping into Geronimo DZ, there's probably a couple subsurface surf sites that are going to be watching you. And you're only going to find them if you fall in.
0: Yeah, yeah, because they're not engaging in direct fire contacts unless they've been compromised. Exactly. All right. What about irregular forces?
2: Irregular forces. So we have an insurgent force that, uh, on occasion, works for us, and they're, you know, they look like civilians. They drive civilian vehicles, but they're reporting directly to us, and we can provide them tasks to, um, you know, go conduct their clandestine reconnaissance, and uh, sometimes even getting into direct action, you know, whether it's blowing low water crossings, uh, doing really quick. Quick hits, getting out of there. Okay, and what size is that force? Uh, at any point, it could be up to fifteen people. Probably, you know, with with day night cycles, maybe you know, four people at most at a time. Okay, and they're primarily focused uh, as well on collection. Yes, sir. Yeah. So uh, maybe once in ten days will they go direct action. Most of the time, it's just answering PIRs, answering targeting intelligence requirements, and anything else we. Need.
0: Okay, so we've got large UAS equivalent to Shadow. Uh, we've got uh, small UAS, DJI, Swarm Now. Uh, we've got special purpose force teams, usually three to four. Uh, and then we have ABF, Irregular Forces, usually around 15, 20 people. Generally only have one or two teams at a time active. Yes, sir. Pretty accurate? Yes, sir. All right. And then we have uh, CAF Troop um which is pr- actually pretty small mm-hmm. and then the rifle companies yes. the three rifle companies. all right um what other collection does the division dtg provide you
2: so we can send up requests for collection to them uh whether it's you know sigint uh so using you know, national assets uh we can you know get uh some for us to be commercial satellite imagery but yeah. you know we have, you know, can access their gon capabilities um outside of that just pushing rfis you know, sometimes I cannot collect outside of RAO, so they're providing us, hey, this G-lock, you know, within the next 24 hours is going to be open, yeah. uh, they've, you know, reduced any obstacles on the causeway, and I can expect on forces to be coming in.
0: Um. And then at times, the division will, 11th DTG will allocate attack aviation um, or uh, aviation in a reconnaissance role for you as well. Yeah, so
2: we'll get uh, HIP flight, um, sometimes daily, sometimes every other day. Uh, And we'll even send up some of our uh, more experienced reconnaissance guys to actually fly in that bird, uh, providing both situational awareness for where uh, Red 4 is, but also this is what we're expecting from the enemy. Um, and we get a lot, of, a lot of good collection out of them, um, especially when they're flying at night. They fly low, they fly fast, so they're survivable because of that, and they're providing you know, timely collection. Uh, it's, it's super helpful.
0: Okay, and then uh, what about electronic warfare and cyber?
2: Yes, sir. So uh, we have the ability uh, to conduct electronic support uh, within the AO, so... We have uh, our InfoWars cell is providing with, um, I guess, V-Rod, V-Max equivalent out there, and they're providing, um, hey, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting signals, you know, Bluetooth signals, and it's, oh, hey, maybe there's some, uh, some Charlie Troop guys that have Garmin watches that are, you know, within 300 meters of us. Are you listening? If you're wearing a Garmin watch,
0: we're going to find you. All right, keep going. Yes, sir.
2: Um... <laughs> In addition to that, they're able to tell us, uh, you know, maybe we're using single channel and we're getting free cop hits. So hey, we know that, um, you know, there's an infantry force within 500 meters. Um, so that's really where they're able to help us. Direction finding is very hard in the yeah. woods, but they can at least tell us, hey, this is uh, the signals of interest that are happening in vicinity of this position, uh, and it tells us, you know, we can, we can begin to array of forces. So hey, it's you know, we're getting HF hits. Okay, it's maybe it's uh, maybe it's reconnaissance cav. Uh, if it's you know free top ciphertext, you know we think maybe it's the infantry coming in. So we're able to build uh, what echelon is in that area, and then we can you you know that cues our uh, our shadow equivalent that cues a our cab troop uh, to go actually answer what is that force out there.
0: Okay, and then you know from a cyber that's uh, DTG and above, <laughs> and and they conduct reconnaissance and penetration that's of right. the beat of the brigades yeah. network, right? So
2: they. Uh, they're either doing you know, disruption, they get in there and they make it a possible for you to get your files from your folders, or they're actually pulling plans, whether it's op boards, it's comp, whatever. How it often, um, what's that look like over the last two years? I'd say it's reduced, um, yeah. sir. Um, we're not seeing it as much. I think uh, the, the network defenders are doing a great job. Um, but when they do get a poll, it, it's, it, it's, devastating. It's, it's devastating. And sometimes we know like, hey, this order is 24 hours old. This plan's changed three times already. Right. Um, but it tells us, you know, commander's intent rarely changes. Maybe how they want to fight is going to change, but, you know, their key tasks don't change. Their end state most often doesn't change. So it tells us where they're trying to get, and then we can use our collection assets to confirm how they're doing it. Okay. What about open source? Open source research uh, is, is super helpful for us. Uh, for example, current rotation, someone posted a picture of, uh, it was an enemy sit temp, of De Boise, and it showed us that, hey, they might be, maybe Geronimo FLS is important to them. It had also like key tasks, and it said, seize Geronimo FLS. That's something someone posted on their Instagram. Um, Maybe shouldn't do that. Uh, Additionally, we're looking at uh, organizational pages, Instagram, Facebook, and saying, hey, uh, this brigade combat team has been working with this engineer support company from the division, and they love slam mines. They love vehicle fighting positions. They love um, you know digging trenches, and we see that before we brief it uh, in the NMA, we brief it in the outboard, and then come to see. or we're starting to see slam mines. Oh, hey, it's this, it's ESC that's working with this battalion. You know, confirms our color.
0: Right. So, um, all all within the bounds of legal and, and army parameters. But it's amazing what people
2: put out there. Yeah, it's uh, it's always surprising, uh, and opsec is important. We, you know, laugh at what we're seeing overseas, uh, we laugh at, but for the grace of God, there go. I, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: I, uh, I had two years at the national training center and, uh, was friends with somebody in a rotational unit and they posted a, a picture that they had taken. And I had enough time at NTC that I could actually not only tell what the picture was of, but I could actually—I got to a six-digit grid of where the picture had been taken in two minutes, just by looking at it. And so we have a closed network here um, that box phones and and um, RTU as well as uh, role players and Op4 all can operate in that space. Can post on social media. Um, people people expose themselves in that network pretty routinely.
2: Yes, um, a lot of times. Within the past 24 hours, you know, we had a, a hashtag Green Monkey, uh, and it was posting the brigade's main command post. It was a picture of their main command post. Uh, within about 12 hours of their JFE, we knew where that brigade yeah, was and, and w- staff.
0: And that was just a role player yeah. out there in the fight. Just like we would in civilian in, in a real conflict, civilians are going to post pictures of military equipment and people. Um you know, n- maybe not even nefarious, just out of curiosity.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I'd love to look at this as, like, e- EEFI, you know, essential elements of your phone information. Uh, if your brigade main command post is... Shows up on
0: Instagram, we might need to move the brigade command post. Exactly,
2: exactly. Yeah. And if you begin to take indirect fire, are you moving, you know, right then? Because it might have tactical U.S. flying above you. So yeah. how are you protecting that EEFI, and what are you doing when it's been compromised?
0: <laughs> okay um well hey we talk command post i mean we find we find brigade command posts or battalion command post because a civilian takes a selfie uh on the battlefield uh in front of your command post that's not awesome what are the other ways that, that you, you know, talk me through your your kind of drill to find command post mm-hmm.
2: okay so a lot of times we're looking at you know where's the high ground they need to talk to their you know subordinate elements so uh, where are they going to achieve, you know, good signals? Back to the Maku. Back to the Maku. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So understanding, like, there's not much high ground in Louisiana, so you know, there's only so many places that they're going to want to put themselves. Uh, so we're going to be using our. Radio. Don't show sure changes. We got more high
0: ground than we we like to acknowledge here. At Jared TC, sir. I just want to. Alaska. I'm like, i <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm a little sensitive about this. I mean, haven't been in Tenth Mountain, and, and oh, you're not the real Tenth Mountain. We got, we got more hills at Jared TC than they do at Fort Drum. So, but there are, it is more high ground in Alaska than here. Yes, sir. Fair yeah, enough. They talked very well.
2: Um. So yes, yeah, so we're using irregular forces to conduct area reconnaissance of where we believe that they're going to be putting their CPs. Uh, we might get a call that say, "Hey, uh, from you know, a civilian that says I saw you know a tall antenna." and then that's gonna cue our tactical UAS to slew to that location. Confirm, okay, I see a tactical relay tower or I see a generator next to a building. I wonder what that generator is generating power for. So um, typically it's gonna be an irregular force or that electronic support, which is cueing our higher level asset that's able to then confirm or deny what that equipment
0: is. What's the biggest giveaway that there's a command post
2: in the woods? I think brigades are getting better at this, but yeah. big old tent. Yeah. Uh, only so many people use tents, and it's typically a command post. Second to that is going to be uh, your, you know, your antennas. Some antennas are only at the brigade main command yeah. post. Some are only at the battalion main command post. Uh, some are only going to be from that, you know, uh, signal company from the BEB. So uh, we we know what you're bringing to the fight. We know you know where specific equipment is, and so if we see. You know, with TRT, hey, there's only a couple of those, and where are they going to go? It's going to be near Brigade
0: Main. Okay. And, you know, it had some great uh, imagery, a couple rotations back, uh, commercial satellite imagery. Big open field, 20 vehicles gathered together. Pretty good indicator that there's a command post there. Yes, sir.
2: Yeah, and we were lucky enough. It wasn't just that commercial satellite imagery. We yeah. had civilians on the ground taking pictures of it. Yeah, uh, and then so we were able to correlate. This is what I'm seeing horizontally. This is what I'm seeing vertically. It can only be one thing, and a like, targeting cycle begins. And I'm pretty sure we put rockets on it later that evening. So um, we're hunting, and you know we're gonna. If we find you, we're gonna. you know We're gonna get effects on. It. Yeah. It's, a, it's a it's fun cat and mouse. Right, and, and
0: you're right though. Like units are. Units just in my, you know, I'm on my seventh rotation significantly better now than we were seven rotations ago in terms of uh, less, less tents. If we're using a tent, it's very short duration based on weather or night, uh, greater likelihood to, 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 to move uh, and then greater dispersion of vehicles um, is a thing.
2: I think the going into towns, like you can absolutely do that, but you need to protect yourself from that. Or you know civilian who might be taking pictures you need to disperse your vehicles so it's not just you know, every single generator vehicle antennas outside this single right. target that's yeah. what it is does it just becomes a target
0: yeah and this is the difference between here and the National Train Center is you, you it's really hard to hide a command post uh, outside of the towns at the National Train Center you can hide a command post in the woods here mm-hmm. Um, from an electronic signature, you know, staying at the, at the right level. Um, <clears throat> what have you seen with emission control from from RTU?
2: I think it's hard to do. It's hard yeah. to it's hard to have a great plan with great X checks, so you're only keeping that hand like when you need to. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I mean the people who are best at it, Ranger Italian three seven five that came through. It was pretty much. You know, they keep the hand mic on LD, and they keep the hand mic once they had you know, seized the objective. Right. That's, that's what it felt like, and we had no idea where they were in between there.
0: And so uh, you've, Geronimo has had to fight through that, right? Like a mission control uh, based on uh, U- U.S. and coalition assets being brought to bear against the dreaded Tarikians or North Torbians. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that look like for for your team? And I mean, you guys just in the last twenty four hours did uh, uh, went under uh, blackout conditions for about six
2: hours. So we build a runner plan. So it's not just that E on the pace that gets ignored, and you know once P through C are you know done for, you don't just not talk to people. You continue to get those reports. You know you continue to provide the commander with information on the battlefield. So uh, we build a runner plan where our SPF. Know, they're dropping uh, information in dead drops. Then our APF, our insurgent force, is picking that up, and they're bringing it back to a special forces liaison, who's then bringing it back to the S2, the commander. Um, so it's a you know planned and rehearsed runner plan essentially that beats you know anything that the enemies to bring to bear for you know collection or uh, you know, signal collection and fires. Yeah. And so not a- not impossible to collect against,
0: but harder than kind of our, what we're most comfortable collecting against. Yeah um
2: okay um w- how do you find artillery units uh so former artillery officer i feel like i Ryan. have a, a leg up with this um i, I know what it looks yeah, like. yeah if you want to kill a gopher you gotta think like a gopher
1: yeah
0: right. kill all the gophers um <laughs> they'll put me in jail if i kill all the gophers
2: uh so golfers so, right golfers, golfers. great movie sir great movie. Um, yeah uh so you know in the woods, there's only so many places you could put guns. So we're running through, based on our Maku, where can I place a gun? Where can it have an azimuth to fire of, you know, 4-800? Because that's where their objectives are. Uh, so once we take that, then we, you know, sign NAIs to those positions. We so wait, hold on a sets. You're not just winging it. No, sir. Bel- we, believe it or not. There's
0: a lot of analysis that goes into to necking down the handful of places that then we want to collect against to confirm it or not. All right, I'll let you keep going.
2: And a lot of times that starts with reverse warfighting function analysis. So luckily our S2 desk is next to our fires desk and it's a swivel chair and say, Hey, where would you put guns? You know, in in this five kilometer, you know, uh, box. Um, so it's not just, you know, Intel guys trying to find guns. It's, it's a fires guy trying to find fires assets. And that really helps us uh, narrow down our search. Uh, and then when we, you know, have an asset in vicinity, it's, Who's using camo nets. If I see a camo net and it's got a little barrel sticking out of it, it, it can be one of one things. Um, and most time, fires guys are, they're the best using camo nets. So if I see a camo net, it's probably a fires asset. I think that says more about you know, the other warfighting...
0: Where everybody else needs to be. Yeah, the answer isn't stop using camo nets if you're in the artillery. It's talk to your brothers and sisters
2: about using camo nets. Yeah, yeah. It's... (laughs) Because the former Fires guy, I really appreciated that, you know, putting up a camo net was part of your certification as, you know, on the gun line. Um, I think it should be part of everybody's, you know, build up. Um, We good. We see the world the same way. All right. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, so, you know, uh, tube sticking out of a camo net, obviously, that's what it's going to be. Um, you know, if you have seen LMTV parked next to a camo net, it, it, it just gets down to, like, what are the assets? What are the prime movers? You know, what do they need to sustain those guns? Uh, and it, it, every time it's the same. I see three camo nets at the edge of a wood line. It, it can be one of one things. So I came into your command post a couple months ago
0: and you had identified where every single infantry company was, where every battery was, and you had largely done that uh, by following their sustainment. Can you talk me through how you did that? Yes, sir. Yeah. So BSAs are hard to find or hard to, sorry, they're easy to find. They're
2: hard to hide. Yeah. Although they are getting better. We got more units doing clusters, which makes it a lot harder. So huge win. I think it's maybe the past two rotations, they use base clusters and I can't tell if that's a forward support company or if that's, you know, the brigade support battalion. Um, So, you know, great, great thumbs up to everyone that does that. Um, But, you know, when we're doing our zone reconnaissance with our tactical OES, I see, you know, six vehicles, a few MTVs, a few PLSs that have ammo in the back. I just fall into their destination. Um, You know, if they're not doing, you know, logistics resupply points. And if they're going right to the gun line, you just, you know, led me exactly where you're going. It's like leave, leaving your laser on, you know, it goes both ways. So, um, it's, it's pretty easy if they're not building opsec second, every single part of their plan, like we're looking, we're, we're going to find you if you're not thinking about these things.
0: Okay. Um, and when you're employing your large UAS, uh, generally uh, you know if we get an array a, a template that's been given to us from the division the dcg based on signal collection based on good assumptions you know talk me through how how kind of as you're starting to build a picture how you use you know wh- where do you start looking
2: yes sir so i think we, we start at the typically at the flat let, let, let's find where you know, the cab is so you know, we're looking for you know groups of six 1151s, you know, and we can see that they're gun trucks just with the heat signature. Where do you normally find them? On the road, sir. Okay, on the road. And
0: uh, how far off a road do you have to get before we're not gonna find you with the large
2: UAS? Five meters. If, if you can get under that canopy, that's yeah. you know, five, 10 meters off the road, I'm not gonna find you. Like, I'm yeah. gonna need to use another asset and maybe I find you using that, but not yeah. with my tactical UAS.
0: Yeah. And there's, there's places, you know, I'd submit, you know, that's it. If you can look up and you can see sky, you're not under the canopy. Right. And so there's places where we think we're off the road, but we're not off the road because we can see canopy, we we, we can see through the canopy above us. But if we push off, it's really hard to find, right? I mean, I talked to I think your UAS operator, and he was he, he his rule was 200 meters. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's following the road and he kind of scans 200 meters north and south or east west of the road, and that's that's where he finds the vast majority of people is what he was kind of telling me. It's mm-hmm. like if they get further than that, then they're under the canopy and it's really then it gets really hard to sort right. of find them. Uh, uh, but,
2: uh, where else? Yeah. So w- once we found the the cave, you know. Found their security area. Then we move back. and We say, "Hey, within you know 500 meters to a kilometer, uh, based on our threat template, this is where they're gonna we've arrayed their you know infantry battalions." And hey, I see you know 30 dismounts. I have an infantry platoon. I move another 500 meters back. I see lm 2 the water buffalo. I have a company CP. And based on that location, I can say if they want to get a shot, you know, they want to talk to their battalion talk. I'll move that far back to high ground. The battalion talk, uh, and then you know, it's just kind of working our way back based on our threat template, understanding of how our enemy arrays itself, and the pieces just kind of you know fit into the puzzle.
0: Okay, um, what's the biggest surprise that you've had? Like, where have you been like made really uncomfortable by RTU?
2: I think it when they integrate their obstacles into their maneuver plans and the defense. It, it just blows my mind of how impenetrable it can be when they're using you know hand in place uh, you know EFP mines, slam mines, XM204s when they use fast cam both either through artillery launched through you know volcano mines from the UH60s, you know Gator mines from the Air Force when they actually in- integrate those into their defenses it starts to be like well how am i going to yeah with with state? an observer with direct
0: fire with indirect fire tied to terrain then this gets like really hard
2: yeah yeah you got to get very creative in it like it'll be we'll be in the middle of a fight and i'll have to pull up commercial satellite imagery and say where is there a bypass where is there a road that we can get around this because it's impossible literally impossible for us to penetrate for us to breach we need to bypass there's only so many roads um so that always surprises me back to the Maku. yes sir yeah okay yeah. and then and then just Another and surprise. you guys had, I mean, a
0: couple rotations back, you, you guys had a long, long night, <laughs>
2: right? Because they had done that, and yeah. they'd done it in depth. And it's interesting about the fight in depth, I think brigade combat teams are, are trying to do it more. Um, but what I saw with that rotation is when they fought in depth, they just allowed us to, like, they and essentially piecemeal themselves, yeah. and we just could destroy them in detail. So yeah. I'm going to kill this platoon, and because it's not integrated. Into this it's not other synchronized platoon, exactly. So if it's nested,
0: you know this this company is is achieving this effect in support of, the, of this company that's achieving this effect. To then by the time I get Geronimo to here, my just you know my main effort is decisive point, destroying you know completing the destruction, defeating. Yeah, it's got to be tied in together and
2: synchronized. In, in hindsight, uh, you know looking back at the rotation, they had a, a blocking obstacle on Youngstown Road, and they um, they were amazed that we breached it. Hey, that was a blocking obstacle. It was, had a blocking effect. Well, they had a, maybe an infantry platoon at most overlooking it, and we had a company that just killed that platoon. took yeah. thirty minutes to an hour to breach the obstacle, reduce it out of contact. Yeah, and yeah. then and then we penetrated. And yeah, they weren't expecting that, thinking I have a block obstacle; it's going to do that effect, despite me not having integrated direct and indirect fires into it.
0: I, I was I was down at a, a low water, um, and the tendency to secure directly on the low water. Um, and I've seen that play out and it might've played out at my rotation as a battalion commander, you know, you guys aren't dumb. You're not going to go right to the low water. Mm. You know, there's a, we conduct reconnaissance, Geronimo conducts reconnaissance and then envelops and then defeats that platoon that's overwatching that obstacle. That's a great obstacle and in the right spot, but we haven't actually secured the obstacle because we're right on top of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. What in the offense, what surprised you? uh where
2: have you been surprised the ability of brigade combat team to level of entire you know battle position it, when they integrate their triple sevens their two one one nine er batteries they have 120s in the mix they have division fires in the mix apaches uh, a you know a mechanized force like us does not stand a chance uh, you know despite us digging in despite us you know taking cover um, we can't take that when they Know integrate combined arms, um, so the amount of success that a brigade combat team has when they do that, um, it, it feels good. You know, being you know wearing yeah, this be, uniform be in the American
0: uniform, yeah. Right? It's like
2: oh, oh, good. Okay, okay, we can we can do it. Yeah, we can we can kick butt. Uh, yeah, that's always a good feeling, a nice surprise.
0: Yeah, awesome. Okay, hey. Um, so you know, before we conclude, what anything anything else that you want to share? I got I got one or two more follow up questions.
2: Um. Uh, Come to Geronimo. If you want to get really good at your job, if you want to do it monthly, um, first for Intel people, like I am constantly either in co-ops or ops. There's not a day that goes by that I'm not in the middle of MDMP, uh, that I'm not you know currently battle tracking, doing one of those things. Um, I get a lot of reps and you get really good at it. So come to Geronimo. Uh, you had joked about our manning earlier. We always want more people.
0: Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I think what's awesome is the the uh, the expectations that we put on specialists on sergeants here yes uh is is generally what's being done by people two or three pay grades above so
2: you know coming here as a sergeant you're gonna get a workout (laughs) like a specialist is gonna lead patrols he's gonna do rns patrols they're gonna be you know take part in raids i think the platoon leaders i mean the amount of raids platoon attacks they do it's more than anybody in the entire army yeah Um, so if you want to get good at your job you know come here yeah uh, especially for intel guys because you know i think we've had some augmentation from some local units and they tell me i i have never done my job or i do it once a year and i can look at my guys and we're you know we're doing it 10 days every month Uh, we're very lucky to do that
0: yeah i mean it, it people do their job it's the ability to do what you do tactically over and over again the sets and reps at it and the the iterative nature allows you to learn. Mm-hmm. That's the secret sauce. I mean, you guys, um, it's it's a ton of fun walking into uh, your S2 CO ops uh, because it's a, it's kind of what we all aspire to have. It's 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 well tuned. It's got good systems and processes, and everybody sort of you know, there's usually one or two new people, but everybody else has you know multiple reps at it. Um, it's a lot of fun to watch. Okay. Uh, what advice would you give your peers out there that are preparing to come here uh, a year out from a CTC rotation? You know, What would you tell battalion uh, S2s preparing to come here? What would you tell folks working on the brigade staff
2: preparing to come here? I think for the intelligence soldiers, intelligence officers, build trust with your commander. Build trust with your S3 because you can have the best sit temp. You can have the best collection plan. Uh, and if no one trusts you, uh it's just gonna fall on deaf ears and we're not talking about like you know worried that if you leave your
0: wallet out like the s2 is gonna take it not that kind of trust right you should have that too that's too, yeah, but, of course character yeah. uh but so how, how would you recommend doing that how have you built
2: trust with geramo six yeah i think uh talking maneuver language i think it's it's not something they teach in mi triple c i think they probably don't teach it in mi Bullock, but uh, if you talk to them using, you know, only threat doctrine and, and you say, you know, you say push and you say, let's go, we're going to go kill those guys. schwack, uh, Swack. <laughs> uh, you're you're going to lose, uh, not necessarily lose their trust, but they're going to, what is this guy talking about? He doesn't speak my language. He doesn't speak maneuver. He doesn't speak tactical tasks. Um, uh, you're going to lose, um, you know, they're, they're not, they're going to listen to you. Uh, yeah. So. You know, make sure you're speaking their language, putting it into their terms. Um, most, I think most commanders don't want to hear, you know, a, uh, a maneuver defense. They want to hear mobile defense. So, you know, maybe they don't want to hear simple battle position, complex battle position. They might just want to hear battle position. So understand what they want to hear and put it into those terms. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to fall on deaf ears.
0: Or at least explain it, what you mean. Yeah. Right. So, I, you know, one, and, and I've watched you... Uh, Communicate with your commander. I've watched you communicate with subordinate commanders, and one of the things I think you do really well, and your team does really well, is you tell a coherent story, right? So I've watched your combined arms rehearsals, and you know, telling a coherent story of like this is what the enemy's mission is, this is what the you know enemy's purpose is, you know what what's he trying to achieve and why, um, and communicating in a narrative of this is how the enemy's likely to fight. Uh, you don't get um, lost in in geek talk, you know, to lack of a better term, and everybody can walk away with that. Like, oh, the enemy, you know, is he, he's going to attack here to seize this objective. He's going to go, you know, two battalions uh, in the north. This is the purpose he's trying to achieve. These are the likely transitions, uh, a coherent story that everybody could walk away and in two minutes, explain, well, what's the enemy going to do? And they, they could explain it in their own words, mm-hmm. but they could explain a coherent story. Uh, and I think that's aided when you have a coup in an event temp. Um, so that, you know something I think you all do very well that helps your commanders, plural, visualize how the enemy is likely to fight. All right, you get the last word. What do you want to share with everybody out there in the interwebs? Uh, one, Geronimo does not cheat.
2: You uh, don't cheat, we, I know. We, we, I like poking you guys, but yeah, you don't cheat. Yeah. Uh, when it's not a fair fight, it might seem like someone's cheating. Uh, when the enemy is you know, conducting combined arms maneuver, when they're synchronizing or warfighting functions, uh, it's going to seem like, hey, they're cheating. The only way they could do this is by cheating. But what, if you do that, when you synchronize, when you conduct a combined arms maneuver, when you bring all your warfighting functions together, uh, we see that. And that's what you should come here thinking, that's, this is what I want to do. Is I want to beat Geronimo by just being better than them, by having better, uh, better planning, better rehearsals, and actually synchronizing my maneuver. You, you can win. You can actually win. Uh, you guys don't broadcast it very often, but you lose occasionally. We do lose occasionally. Um, it, you know, when we've been kicked off of Little Water Five, I guess that was one of my big surprises. Oh my god, it's it's possible. An infantry battalion did it, like by themselves. Yeah, and they kicked us off of it. Suppression, obscuration, uh, infiltration, envelopment. It was beautiful. It really was. So yeah. it, it's possible. Uh, just you, you just need to be better than us. Uh, you need to be better at you know collection. Be better at. Combiners arms maneuvers, synchronizing your maneuver forces and your fires, uh, it's possible. I encourage them to, to fight for that and, and never walk away from JRTC thinking, I lost because Geronimo cheated. It's, I lost because I didn't do those things. I didn't yeah. conduct the combined arms maneuvers, synchronize my warfighting functions. Yeah. It's all about, you know,
0: strength and conditioning coaches tell you to go deeper in your squat, go deeper in your squat. Right. I, I think you're, I think you're exactly right. And, you know, one of the mythologies, we don't give you the blue plan, do we? No, sir. Okay, you don't get the blue plan, Um, you know, in this this scenario development is obviously meant to stress brigades, but there's
2: no banana in the tailpipe. You guys aren't infiltrating people through Eastgate, right? No, no. Nope. People think we do. I'll see battle positions oriented on boundary roads and I kind of just laugh and say, we can't go through there. Right, okay. Hey, appreciate your time. Thanks for everything that you
0: do. Thanks for helping to make our army better. And then, you know, you'll be back here Before you know it, it's a Brigade S-2. All right, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on The Crucible, the JRTC experience.
1: The Joint Readiness Training Center is the premier Crucible training experience. We prepare units to fight and win in the most complex environments against world-class opposing forces. We are America's leadership laboratory. Again, we'd like to thank our guests for participating. This podcast was created and produced by Mr. John Mabes. It was recorded and edited by Chief Thomas Rich and researched by First Lieutenant A. Anthony Cho. Intro vocals were done by Mr. Robert Chopper. Special thanks to Captain Jermaine Branch and Mr. Jeff England from Public Affairs. Be sure to like and follow us on social media to keep up with the latest warfighting TTPs learned through the crucible that is the Joint Readiness Training Center. Follow us by going to HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash J-R-T-C. We'd like to thank our partners at the Center for Army Lessons Learned of the Combined Arms Center, especially the JRTC Call Observations Detachment. Be sure to follow them on social media as well. Follow them at https colon forward, slash, forward slash, www.army.mil forward slash, C-A-L-L. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and review us wherever you listen or watch your podcasts. And be sure to stay tuned for more in the near future. The Crucible, the JRTC experience, is a product of the Joint Readiness Training Center.